Today's episode is brought to you by the She Leads Podcast Network, the first network for women by women. Visit SheLeadsPodcast.com to learn more today. Welcome to the Creative Visionaries Podcast. My name is Tori Barker, a digital marketing specialist, business owner, mom, and you guessed it, a creative visionary. This podcast is about inspiring business owners, building connections, sharing success stories, and motivating others. Join me on this journey as we tap into your true potential and unleash your inner visionary. Hey there, podcasters. Are you looking to take your show to the next level? Let me introduce you to PodTask, the innovative platform that simplifies the podcasting process and equips you with the tools you need to succeed. With PodTask, you can say goodbye to the headache of managing multiple tasks and deadlines. This app provides a comprehensive systemization and task management platform that helps you streamline the podcasting process. And it doesn't just stop there. PodTask also offers AI-based marketing tools to give your podcast a competitive edge. As a fellow podcaster, I know from experience how important it is to have a reliable and efficient tool like PodTask to keep you on track. It helped me save so much time in post-production, which allows me to focus on what really matters, creating great content for my listeners. So if you want to take your podcast to the next level, be sure to check out PodTask. As a special offer to my listeners, you can sign up today and get started with their free forever plan by visiting creativevisionariespodcast.com forward slash podtask. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us again on the Creative Visionaries podcast. Today, I am super excited to introduce you to our guest, Katie Klumper. Katie is the CEO and founder of Black Glass, where she helps CMOs save time, grow revenue, and achieve bigger goals. Katie, welcome on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. So tell us a little bit about your you and your company and what makes you guys so unique. Absolutely. Yeah. So Black Glass in its most basic form is a CMO consultancy. Um, we help support CMOs, their teams, and marketing organizations at large in trying to figure out how do we really help unlock growth, save money, save them time. And if you look at you know where marketers are focused, if you take 100% of their budget, 50% is spent externally. Uh, looking at media, creative, agency, strategy, all those wonderful things that we as consumers get to touch. We focus on the other 50% and looking at organization, structure, process, ways of working, technology, data, and being able to look at that with the same type of microscope and kind of data as you would a banner ad and being able to really help those under leverage funds. So, you know, that's a great area of where we focus right now. Well, and, and and like you said, it's kind of like uh, nobody knows about it, right? It's like the behind the scenes that all of us marketers and CMOs are like, we need help, help. Everybody else is looking at this 50%, but we need to look at this 50%. So I love that you're bridging that gap and really supporting that marketing role and that CMO um, with with the things that really help move them forward and make them successful. Yeah. So tell me about some recent trends that you are seeing in the marketing world and I guess in just business in general. Yeah. So I think, um, look, it's been a hard Q1 for a lot of businesses and either they're on the growth train because of a lot of different consumer dynamics um, or they're really looking at 
How do they uh, prioritize, you know, what programs go to market because they're seeing a little crunch in the market. Um, and so right now we've really been helping CMOs figure out how do they reorganize their team? How do they rewire it versus restructure? How do they get the most out of the wonderful people that are at the table? Um, and so they can achieve some of those strategic objectives that are coming down from the board. Yeah. And, and it's, it, I'm sure there's part of the struggle too, is now with uh, virtual, um, you know, companies going virtual and, you know, not having everybody in the office. And I know as a creative myself in the marketing space, you know, we, we collaborate and we work together, you know, hand in hand and put us separate in, you know, different spaces via zoom. It It's hard to work with a creative um, in that aspect. So I'm sure that's part of the, the struggle that, the, that you're dealing with a lot of. Yeah. It's interesting as people talk about like return to office plans and they end up focusing on like how many days, is it two days? Is it one day? Is it, you know, and it's not about the days at the end of the, like, it's looking at like, what's the ways of working? How do I collaborate now? Yeah. It's not just about the physicality. It's like, how do we get that same sense of community? How do we have the same sense of learning? How do we upskill people when they're not just hearing things in the hallways? And it's looking at the overall system and the overall kind of like the marketing operating system on how are you going to create work moving forward? And it's looking at things like AI. How are you using that as an ingredient in other aspects beyond just kind of the number of days in the office? Yeah. And, and it's um, more focused on human, right? There was a, um, a podcast I was listening to and someone was talking about, everyone talks about B2B and B2C, but what about H to H, like human to human? And I love that because I'm like, you know, what? you never really think about it that way, but it's really the human connection, whether it's, you know, the marketing that you're doing, connecting to your consumer or the internal, right? Connecting with your team and being purposeful and, you know, having a community that you build to uh, nurture and help everybody grow. So you have retention, right? You don't want this high turnover, especially in the, you know, era that we're in now, how do you cultivate those relationships? So I'd love to hear, you know, what are some of those tactics that you guys help um, your CMOs and consult with them on how to, to retain uh, good team members? Yeah, I think you brought up like an interesting uh, word there, which I can agree with you more of like, how do you be more human? And we're seeing a big trend from going from digital transformation and how do we be more digital and what's the technology and how do we start to look at that? And like the truth of it is everybody has the technology. There's some wonderful platforms out there. Everyone has some form of really great data, but like people, your marketers aren't able to use it. They don't know how to adopt it. They've got other barriers. The systems aren't connected. And so it's even interesting as you talk about B2B, B2C, H to H very similarly internally, it's digital transformation, it's sustainability, it's all these buzzwords in terms of like how you have to transform. But at the end of the day, how do you transform the people? Yeah. How do you help them achieve those strategic objectives? How do you reduce the barrier from them doing great work? And one of the stats that we've seen in a lot of our work is 70% of a marketer's time is spent managing over making. Mm. That means it's like they're in meetings, they're making decks, they're getting approvals, they're getting signups, they're walking around the hall saying, can everyone approve this? They're not making things. And like, we're marketers, we make, whether it's creative or we're making new ideas or innovation or new revenue streams. And so looking at how do you start to unlock that friction in the system? How do you reduce kind of the wastage to be able to have individuals show up in their best way and apply it to revenue generating activities as opposed to administrative? 
Yeah, definitely. And then a lot of, you know, I, I read a lot of business uh, books and they talk about the EOS, you know, structure and how you structure meetings is so important because like you said, you can spend all day in meetings and feel like you haven't really achieved anything. You haven't gotten anything done. So the structure of your meeting, especially in a CMO role uh, is vital because you need to make sure that you're getting things approved and you're getting things done. But then that leaves time for you to be that creative or, you know, do the things that, you know, you find passion in so that you're not stuck in those meetings all day. Uh, Absolutely. And I will tell you, every CMO, one of their biggest pain points is they're running from meeting to meeting to meeting. They have no time to take care of themselves, take care of the teams, be able to be inspired. And it's starting to figure out how do we not have those meetings? You know, there's a lot of different systems where it's like a 25 minute meeting is better than, you know, the 30 and you got, it's like, yes, but like the bigger <laughs> questions aren't getting asked. What if we pushed it further? What yeah. meetings actually are driving revenue? Mm. Like we ask that question in every single meeting very quickly, a great degree of your meetings would remove. And how do you start to find new ways of working, new decision-making rights, new ways for people to see, interact build community in which a lot of these meetings are, how do you replace it with other systems that deliver that and give you time back to drive growth? Yeah. And, you know, I was looking at your profile and everything online before we, we jumped on the call. And one of the things that you, you say and your, your wording and stuff is that, that you feel CMOs are the most vital leaders of the decade. So I'm curious, why is it that you feel like they're the most vital leader? Yeah, there's a, a lot of narrative on there around the CMO tenure, right? And it's it's 18 to 24 months, you name the time frame. And people are like, are they doing their job? What is going on? This is like the most transient C-suite role. And I just, I feel so differently about it. Like these individuals are at the forefront of cultural and societal change. More consumers trust brands than they do the government. <laughs> Brands than the government. What that means is that brand, every decision they make in terms of how they show up, in terms of what policies they implement, in terms of what HR systems, in terms of their stance on things, whether it be Roe versus Wade or Black Lives Matter, like how they act, how they behave will actually drive greater policy change, greater consumer and societal change than the government. And that's just a really powerful seat for these marketers to sit on and how do they use their brand voice as a platform to do great in the world? Like that is a incredible, not only privilege, but wow, a responsibility that these individuals have on their shoulders. And so I think it is a massive role. It is a critical role, not only for the growth of the business, but the growth of society. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's, um, underappreciated, right? I think that's, that's part of the problem. And, and usually when times get tough, uh, businesses look at the marketing department, they're like, Oh, well, we can cut the marketing, right? (laughs) We've got sales, we've got this, but we don't need marketing. And so it's frustrating, you know, as a marketing person myself, um, you know, thinking like, no, it's like, this is such a critical role. And, and you don't, some companies just don't realize what an impact it makes. And like you said, it's, it's societal. I mean, it's, it's the entire decision that they make affects consumers and decisions and the world around them. And so it's, it's so underutilized and so under appreciated that, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you're bringing light to that with the work that you're doing. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. It's um, look, it, it is a brilliant role and it's one that is constantly scrutinized. Yeah. You know, the question that they'll always get is prove it. 
prove it. Where's the data? Where's the data? And so like a lot of work that we end up doing is helping support CMOs and building business cases and building financial models and building projections and building ratios uh, around cost of acquisition versus lifetime value. And how do we start to really um, not only justify, but predict some of the things that are going on? Like these marketers have really expanded the role that they're managing a lot of the investment strategy and other areas. So you'll see a lot of the capabilities underneath them and the partners they bring to them are very different now than before. As a podcaster, you know that creating great content is only half the battle. That's where Remarker comes in. Remarker is a podcast branding, production, and marketing solution. Whether you're a seasoned podcaster or just starting out, Remarker will help you grow your show and build your authority. So why wait? Head to creativevisionariespodcast.com slash Remarker. That's R-E-M-A-R-K-R, where you can book a demo and discover how Remarker's full-service approach can benefit you and your podcast. Yeah. So what are, what are you seeing as certain characteristics that make up a really good CMO? I would say curious, you know, there's a continuing to learn, you know, there's so many different capabilities and new skill sets that are hitting them every single day. And what I love about these CMOs is like, they're constantly learning and they really are like, you know, there's a lot of changes if you're a CFO in terms of taxes and accounting and things, but like the, the fundamentals are a never questioned. And B <laughs> are, are, are similar in a sense that they're able to apply that the role of a CMO continues to mold and evolve and shift. And so like the, the ability for them to continue to be a chameleon mm. in both different companies and within the job description itself is just a really phenomenal place. And, and I see that role in particular breeds just different type of leadership qualities yeah. um, that is really lovely to see and, and has been beneficial in the C-suite. Yeah. And so talk to me about what's your opinion. I'm sure you've heard this, the buzz about fractional CMOs and how there's CMOs and then fractional CMOs talk about, you know, the differences and strengths, weaknesses. What, what's your opinion on that? Yeah, I think, look, it's um, for different sizes of companies. It's a wonderful solve. And the thing that's kind of the unwritten undertone when people talk about tenure is there's kind of two things that, um, doesn't necessarily come across. One is a lot of CMOs are really great at a very specific thing. They love to do it and they want to go apply it again. So they leave yeah. on their terms and go do it again and again and again. And being able to have kind of the size of companies that understand that they need that like pinch hitter and be able to like get in, do a specific thing and then move on to the next. The fractional CMO is an amazing solve. Yeah. And you see it a lot of the times in startups um, you know, series B, C, where they're in hyper growth and they're like, I actually need a marketer with this very specific following network and perspective. And then they'll get to a different kind of round of either funding or growth. And then they need to anchor it in a different way. You know, as companies get bigger, you'll see that the marketers end up being a little bit more generalist in nature, um, just because of the size and scale, and they're able to build greater capabilities underneath them. And that becomes a little less common. But for uh, many companies that are going through hyper growth, um, you'll see that as a common play. Yeah. 
Well, and, and talk, talk to me about core values. Cause I, I am kind of assuming that that's pretty, um, thick in your, your blood and your DNA of your company. So talk to me about the importance of core values that you have. Yeah, I think values is important for any company. Like it really tells you not only what you're about, but what you are not about. And so, you know, part of when we went to draft our values, it was not only who do we want to be like, what is at the cost of? And so we've got three core values that are intrinsic to who I am and the company is. Um, one is around impact. Like we're not about getting to pretty slides. Like that will happen. You will need them, but it's about impact. And how do we drive it the shortest time frame possible? Because that's what the CMOs are getting measured on. So we have to be measured on that. Like if we're truly going to be partners, like that's got to be anchored. Another one is around intensity. I'm an intense person by nature. So it probably comes across, but it's like, show up, show up for these individuals and bring all, your full self and bring all the great ideas that you have, regardless of the title that you carry. Yeah. And then the third one is around partnership and like really being partners. And that means like, getting into the personal situation of these people's lives. How much runway do they have in their roles? What are they getting measured on? And like really being a partner to them as an individual, that means it has to come at the cost of something. Yeah. And what are you willing to give up? What are you willing to sacrifice by holding that value so true? And so for example, one of the things is, you know, partnership, even at the cost of scope, and there's times that in order for us to be really great partners, it means that we got to be flexible on scope and that we can't sit there and hold that up and say, you know, we're overburning or whatever it may be. And so I think a lot of times people hold the values up, but I'd love to see more companies say, we hold these values up because here's where we're going to make the really tough calls yeah. and be able to show up in that way, because we know it comes at the cost of something. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the other um, really cool things that you do is is building that community, right? So these core values are threaded into your business and, and the way that you show up for your clients and that you hope that your clients show up for their, you know, companies and consumers and all that stuff. So I love that you build community and and it sounds like you in, in some way bring these CMOs together to have a community and, you know, uh, be able to to you know, lean on each other, right? Because it's kind of a lonely world, if you will, in the, the marketing space, especially at that level. Um, but to have the community around you who can understand and, and support you and, and cheer you on is, is a, a big part of what they need. For sure. And I think you said something really important there. It's like, it's isolating and a very lonely role. Uh, especially when it's constantly scrutinized in terms of the value it brings, like that's exhausting. And then you look on the flip side and you've got a lot of sort of groups and networks who kind of parade them around and put them on panels and all that stuff, which is great. They are filling everybody else's cup. Yeah. Who's filling theirs. Who's showing up for them when they're running against a deadline on the board meeting? Who's showing up for them when they're trying to look for their next job? Mm -hmm. And there's not a lot of individuals who are kind of filling that like raw safe space that allows them to really show up as themselves and be vulnerable and talk about the real things. And so for us, it was, you know, if we're going to build a CMO consultancy, how do we really be customer centric? And consulting hasn't changed in a hundred years. HBO wrote an article a hundred years. Can you imagine as an agency, we've waited a hundred years to transform, evolve. And so it like a really great category that was right for disruption. It was like, well, we tell our marketers all the time, be customer centric, customer centricity, the journey, the experience. Well, what if we were, what does that look like? And that's where the nugget of the idea came from, which is like, well, if we're being customer centric, 
we need to be always on because shit hits at any moment. We need to be able to kind of bring a level of expertise and be more like the bat phone than project scope. And that's where the idea of an always on consultancy, that's more of a subscription-based model that allows them to get access to the depth of resources at any moment. Yeah. And you know, a call earlier this week where I was like, hey, I just got a call from my CEO. I need help with this. And I've got 48 hours. And it's like, awesome. We're there. The team rallied. We got the output. And they were like, wow, I would have never been able to get to that level of work in such a short period of time because it's going to a group and the scope and the whatnot. And so it's really, how do we anchor it on them and kind of fill their cup in all yeah. the different ways? Another big aspect of how we show up for them is when they're in transition. PMOs hmm. do transition. It's a big piece of their role by choice. And so we support them even when they're in transition. Yeah, I love because that. Because that's who they are. And so, you know, it's starting to look at who they are as people versus who they are as a marketing budget. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you're, you're bringing light to that because it's so important. And, and like you said, it, it, it hasn't changed and, you know, people haven't thought about this and you're just disrupting, disrupting the, the cult consultant business here. And, and I love that you're loving on these CMOs and, and helping them and bringing them all together to, you know, help each other. Um, yeah. and I think that's a, a huge leadership role that you have taken on and, and I applaud you for that. I love that. Thank you. But believe me, it's uh, it's not without its woes, challenges, and everything else that goes with it. It's uh, it's been a journey. But you know, when you're really passionate about something, you really believe in it. Then, as long as you persevere and stick with it, and you've got good teams around you, you know, you'll find the path. Yeah. Well, so I'd like to have you kind of leave us with one final thought or one piece of advice for the CMOs out there, or anyone who is looking for some kind of guidance. What? How would you? How would you uh, lead them? Um, I would say that a lot of people are going through a lot of different challenges right now. And, you know, whether it's with their team or at home and, and, and everyone is, you know, trying to navigate something and kind of the advice, like if anyone's like fail out loud, mm. and that's a really weird one to say, because people don't like failing. Um, I fail a lot. And I found that when I fail out loud, when I share my failures, when I share where I'm struggling, you'd be amazed who shows up for you. And like who comes to the table and who rallies for you or makes an introduction. And so it can be really scary, whether it's that you're looking for a job and you post on LinkedIn, you're like, oh my gosh, this just feels horrible and weird and vulnerable. Or whether it's that you need support at home or with a project or to say like, I, I don't know how, like get comfortable failing. Cause that's the only way that people can rally support, help you in all of those different aspects. I love that. Well, Katie, thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge and insight and just uh, all of the work that you're doing. I, I love what you're doing and just thank you for being a guest and taking the time to, to talk with us. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to the Creative Visionaries podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, or share with a friend. Also, make sure to visit us online at creativevisionariespodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And stay tuned for more episodes to come. And remember, it's time to tap into your true potential and unleash your inner visionary.